from Coimbra to Colombia, from Morocco to Miami. We tell the stories of the people who make the world of international law and business turn. We give glimpses into their lives and provide insights from their experience. These accounts come from every sector and every industry around the globe. Simply put, without further ado, I am Chris Campbell, and you're listening to Tales of the Tribunal, where practice meets personality. Hello, and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, joining you from the digital studio once again. Listeners, it has been far, far too long since we've been in the same digital room together. It's great to see your faces, and thank you for tuning in. Now, during the off-season, we have been so busy doing interviews, recruiting new members, changing up the format of the show, all of the things, which I know, I know, has created some hiccups with the distribution of Disputes Digest. But we are so close to bringing you something I think you're really going to like. So this week, you get this session, episode one of season four of the show, and you get Disputes Digest on this coming Friday or Saturday. Scouts honor. And without further delay, let's talk about this week's episode, the first episode of season four. As the world began to set its eyes on a future beyond the COVID-19 pandemic, a new disaster loomed that many people never fathomed could become a reality. Military forces at the command of Russia's Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, its neighbor, a former Soviet state, and more importantly, a wholly sovereign country. This war in Ukraine has led to deaths of the thousands and Ukrainians the world over have stood up to oppose the invasion and the global community at large has stood with Ukraine. On this show, that is about where our coverage of the war is going to end. Instead, we want to tell you another story. One where the conflict is in the backdrop, but ever present in the lives of the protagonists. Oyo Kalzunya and Vladimir Uduzinski were participants in the 2022 Wilhelm C. Vismuth competition. Under the directions of their coaches, Leila Kazmi and Alexander Zablotsky, each of them had their own harrowing stories to tell about what it's like to participate in the Vis while their homeland is at war, along with inspiring stories about the support from the international legal community. We thought there could be no better place to start the first episode of 2022 than by spending some time with these four individuals, and we'll hope you enjoy this episode. So sit back, grab a notepad, and enjoy this conversation with a Ukrainian Vismuk team, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, here to tell you another tale, another story from around the wide, wide world of international law and dispute resolution. And listeners, I got to say, it has been far too long since I've had a chance to join you and you've joined me here in the digital studio. And we are glad to be back for the first episode of season four. Thank you so much for tuning back in. And we've got an equally special and important series of guests here today we have four people with us here and well you know even though we might typically have one or two we thought it was important to get a full battery of speakers and guests here with us today so with me today i've got four guests olya Layla, vlad and alex 
all who were participants, either as coaches or students, in this past year's this moot. Now, one of the things that we're going to talk about, and I should say at the start of this conversation, as you may have seen in the title and indeed some of the marketing, all of these guests and the, the speakers you'll hear today were participants for teams or a team that was based out of the Ukraine. Now, we're not going to spend uh, today talking about the uh, greater conflict or the backdrop there, but it was something that I thought was important and that we wanted to give some backdrop and some context to because it was such an important event that has gone on in the past several months. And though we talk about the Vismut a great deal, certainly we would be remiss as being a show that is in the space and talking in the industry to not mention this huge event, and in particular, how students that were directly affected by these consequences had felt and dealt with the experience throughout the VIS. So again, if you want to hear about the conflict and all the things back there, there are plenty of other shows you can tune, tune into. This is not um, a hard-hitting journalism show. What we are going to be talking about is focusing on the people and how they are continuing forward and, in fact, how they did during the VIS. So there are four of you. Thank you all for joining me here in the studio. Welcome in. Good day. Nice to be here. Thanks, Olya. And well, look, um, we'll jump in and we'll start with some introductions so we can get to know you a little bit better. And we'll start with you, Olya. Olya, who are you? Where are you from? What do the people need to know? Hi, everyone. My name is Olya and I'm from Ukraine, Kyiv. I was a member of the past season of this moot and currently I'm a four year student at Kyiv Tarashchenko University. I'm studying international law. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Oya. And how about you, Vlad? Yeah, thank you for having us here today, Chris. My name is Vlad. I am former team member of this year with Wismut. Also, I am student at Kyiv National Trash Shevchenko University focusing on private international law. And also, I work as a paralegal at Kyiv Office of an International Law Firm. Great. Thank you for that, Vlad. And well, uh, let's go from there. Let's go with Layla. Hello, Chris. First of all, again, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's uh, it's very important for us to to have given the platform, to have been given the platform to, to be heard. Um, as already introduced, my name is Layla. I am also from Ukraine. I come from Kiev, the capital. Um, what do people need to know? I would say that during the day, I'm an international arbitration enthusiast, and during the nights, I'm uh, a baking enthusiast. So <laughs> you will either find me in the office working or in the kitchen baking. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's lovely to see everyone here, including Chris. Okay, now a baking enthusiast. Now we got to pause there for just a second. Um, we are a fan of baked goods here on the podcast. What is your signature thing? What do you like to bake a lot? All right, so my go-to uh, baking, I would say, creation would be birthday cakes. Uh, in my family, which is quite big, uh, one of the things that we very much look forward are birthdays, of course, and I have many little siblings. Uh, so every time we have someone's birthday coming up, they by turn, they would be, you know, slowly coming to me and like, hey, I want a minion cake. Hey, I want a Transformers cake. Hey, I would like to, you know, Hearthstone cake, so they would be chipping in these ideas. So for every birthday, I would be the one baking the cakes, uh, which makes it super, super special. And and yeah, I, I put my heart and soul 
uh, into the cakes as much as I do uh, put in everything else that I do. Okay, well, we're gonna have to put a pin in that. We might have to discuss these sort of cake contributions. We might need to get a TOT cake before the season's done. That might be fun. <laughs> and, Definitely. And certainly last but not least, um, my uh, compatriot on the Mo Alumni Association, Alex, welcome. Hi, Chris. Thank you again for having us. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm uh, currently an intern at Wilmer Hale, hopefully soon to be visiting foreign lawyer. Uh, I'm from a small town in Western Ukraine. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as good in, in baking, but I can wholly attest uh, Layla's skills. Uh, she actually, she baked an Easter bread for me. Uh, it's kind of a traditional bread we have during Easter in Ukraine. And it's just superb, almost like home. Sure, no, very well, that, that, that sounds great. And and uh, we'll get into some of the, the hobbies and a little bit more of the personal interest stuff as we talk today. So um, again, thank you all for, for joining us today. And I guess um, I would turn back to, uh, maybe we'll go with, with Vlad this time. So now that the BIS is done, you know, you've spent um, hundreds of hours likely slaving over memos and oral arguments and all of those types of things. Um, what's, what's keeping you busy now? What, what, what's next now that the BIS is done? Yeah, currently, I'm busy at work and also at my studies. Yeah, we actually have many interesting projects at work. The one I enjoy being part of the most is that we are currently trying to, to prepare the report on possibilities to achieve some victory against Russia on legal battlefields. We are trying to like predict some possibilities to include Russia into a blacklist of Financial Action Task Force organization. This is an organization which provides and instills the best international practices in anti-money laundering policies. And inclusion of Russia into such blacklist would mean the like the imposition of further sanctions and also um, and also enhance due diligence and procedures in dealings with Russian companies. So I hope that that would be successful at our work. And again, that would constitute the victory on the legal battlefield, if I may put it this way. So that's the project I'm into. That's, that's really interesting, Vlad. Um, you know, and we'll probably get into that some more um, as we talk today. Uh, on that topic in specific, um, is this through your law firm? Is this a side initiative or, or what exactly is that program through? Um, this is the law firm, Kiev Office of an International Law Firm. Okay, very well. Um, and maybe we can include a link to that if there's uh, some way people might want to find out some more information about it or um, be supportive in some way. Very interesting. Um, and similarly for you, Oya, um, now that the VIS is done, what are you doing? How are you going to spend your summer? What are you, what are you going to be doing for the rest of the year? Actually, currently, I'm still in Vienna with my family. We're living here currently, and I'm really preoccupied now with my university studies because I'm at final year, and I have to prepare for my final exams. And the other field is fighting the Austrian authorities, trying to get a permit for my family to live here, as well as to ensure some financial help and health support, because 
my grandmother is here with us and she needs like different medicines and medical care so in Austria it's extremely hard to get all these things without red tape so this is what I'm doing now sure no that's understood and um well sounds like the kind of practical realities that kind of people just either take for granted or skip over um in just day-to-day -day life yes that's true yeah yeah um well you know keeping right along with that and uh, and i think we'll stay with you here olia um on just a very basic level you know the reason why we're all talking today is is because of the vis how did you hear about the vis and how did you get involved Actually, I heard about the Bismuth two years ago, and I actually wanted to participate back then, but I got really afraid and didn't pursue it any further. And last year, I said to myself that I had to do it. And actually, I went to the elections and I got elected and became a part of this year team. Very well, just like that. Yes. Okay. And, and Layla, how about you? I mean, you as a coach, I mean, what, where does your VIS story start? Um, my VIS story dates back to 2017. Um, that that was just an ordinary day, and I decided that I needed some adventures in my life. So I went to, just as Olya, um, I went to the uh, Kiev National Tarashevchenko University Smooth Court Society for the selection rounds. And back then, it was the first year that I started learning Korean. So I wanted to combine my, you know, aspiration to be better um, in Korean to go to the uh, National Aviation Moot, which was coincidentally happening in Seoul, Korea that year. So my main motivation was, okay, the stars have aligned. I really have to go apply. I have to get there. And um, from our university, they were picking only one student. And unfortunately, or quite to the contrary, I was the second student, who, you know, the runner-up who didn't get the uh, to the team of the National Aviation um, Moot. However, I was invited to the Vismut. At first, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit sad <laughs> because I really wanted to go to Seoul to practice my Korean and, um, Frankly, I wasn't really interested in aviation law. I didn't know what it was. So it was just, you know, my aspiration to learn more about the culture. Uh, but when I got into the VIS, um, I think this is one of the life lessons that really show you that everything has a reason why it is going to happen this way. And had I gotten into the aviation mood in 2017, I wouldn't have been sitting now with, you know, Chris and my fellow, uh, you know, coaches and with my uh, now second year team that I'm coaching for the VIS mood, uh, because VIS really introduced me to to international arbitration in general. Uh, so yeah, my story is quite <laughs> strange, maybe not the most straightforward story you can get, but once I got started, I participated three times until I reached my goal. My goal was to become one of the you know, a uh, few Ukrainians that actually reached the furthest. So the first time wasn't a success. The second time wasn't a success because we didn't have coaches, anything. And then the third time um, with the, the Stockholm University team, we reached top 16. 
So myself and Pavel, our fellow, co uh, fellow participant uh, in the team, who is also Ukrainian, we became you know, the first Ukrainians to advance this far. And from that, I decided to take it home, all of the experience. And last year, Alex and I, with our fellow coaches, we, we made history and we were very, very proud about that. That on the one hand, you might say, think that it's a coincidence, but in reality, it was supposed to happen this way. Hmm. No, that, that, that story rings out well, um, or resonates with me in particular, in that I, I come from a place, uh, the great state of South Carolina, as listeners of the show will know, um, that has had no history in the Bismuth. Uh, you know, this is only our second year competing. Um, we don't have a lot of a long academic tradition in it. So um, it's encouraging that, you know, even being, you know, an American school, some might think that, oh, you have all these advantages and all these things. But, you know, when you're building up from the ground up, it's like you say, uh, it can take some time. And it has to be very intentional. So that that, that, that resonates quite a bit. So, Blood, uh, you know, we just heard from your two colleagues, you know, uh, your, your coach and, and teammate, what it's been like, you know, a little bit of the journey and the story over the past several years and, you know, what it looks like um, sort of a general and broader sense to prepare. What I would love to get some insight from you on is on a practical basis, on a day-to-day -day basis, especially with the events of the past several months, um, what, what it's looked like to prepare or what your day-to-day -day looks like in terms of um, preparing for the moot. Um, how, how is that? How have you found that? Um, I would say that was an interesting experience because our preparation process has changed completely. We haven't had an opportunity to have regular in-person meetings, so we had to adjust this to circumstances. Of, uh, of our preparation and uh, the practice sessions was quite interesting because we always had we always had to bear in mind that anytime we we may have an air alarm and we we will be forced to shut down our camera shut down our microphone text a message into each other and say that we are gonna move to shelter, but um, we have faced many understanding and many support and warm words from our colleagues. And in fact, we we have missed two weeks of preparation, but our coaches managed to arrange around 40 bleeding sessions with arbitrated by leading practitioners in quite short periods. So our preparation in, to some extent become even better in such circumstances. Did you say 40 sessions? Around, yeah, around 40 sessions. Wow. With no. teams and yeah, with three arbitrators and even one resolved arbitrator. So there was many practitioners willing to support us. Yeah, I mean, with that level of, with that number of sessions, for sure, um, you would have had a lot of experience, not just in the VIS context, but just as an oral advocate. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys got a lot of uh, opportunities to practice, it sounds like. Um, Alex, along those lines, I mean, from a, co as a, from a coaching perspective and a coaching standpoint, what did uh, the day-to-day -day practice or preparation look like? Uh, Chris, just to give a little bit of context, me and Layla were a bit lucky in that, that when the war started, we were in London. 
uh, which was uh, uh, in the worlds of the Marvel comic, both the power and their responsibility. Um, but at first, but like we went from crisis reaction to crisis management, probably that would be the right term. Uh, but the probably the the very first uh, concern that we had was was actually safety of our team members, and we told it many many times that we will change all the plans, we will change everything. You if you cannot bleed, you cannot bleed as long as you're safe. Another thing that people, uh, in my opinion, don't appreciate that much after the war started is a stable internet connection. <laughs> because Sure. This was re this was really something that we even organized our practice sessions around. Like when uh, Ola or Natalia, another team member, has a stable connection, they plead. And for that to actually happen, uh, the team members had to organize quite a lot themselves. And they did, for which I'm very thankful to Ola, Vlad and all other team members. Uh, but there was, as, as Vlad said, there was one very crucial moment, uh, which actually two crucial moments, which helped us. The first one, uh, me, uh, Layla and other coaches, we talked with them at first and we said, uh, listen, guys, we know it's war. Uh, you need to get to safety. Uh, there are, I'm sorry, this is very important, but there are other priorities. Sure. And they said, uh, we want to we wanna participate nevertheless. This is what kicked off everything. And another moment is, is that when probably everyone started hearing about this, uh, we've received so much support. We, we, the, the table that Vlad mentioned, <laughs> it was just some internal table we had, and we shared it with one or two this enthusiasts around the world. And then it's just, uh, it had a life of its own. Uh, it, it started spreading around uh, German VIS community, around Polish VIS community, as far as I know. Then uh, the partner at Wilmer Hale sent it around at Wilmer Hale saying, uh, we need to chip in. And actually they had a round uh, judged by Maxi Scherer, I would have loved <laughs> to practice them myself. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, that's a huge honor. Yeah. It, it was. No, really. And uh, to be honest, probably it was uh, as much as uh, as much credit is due to the support we received as to uh, as to the coaches in terms of organization of of the whole process after the war started. Yeah. You know. Alex, I want to come back to to some of the initiatives that we've seen in the field in just a moment. You know, Oya and Vlad. You know, I I've obviously I've we've only just recently met in preparing for for this uh, for this interview. But what strikes me, um, my impression just from what I know about the situation and what I the way I can hear you describe these things and talk about these things in sort of a um, a very direct way, I would guess both as people but as professionals and advocates. Um, it sounds like you've matured and grown up a lot in the past five months, six months. Do you think that that's pretty accurate? Do you, you know, what are some of the ways that you think maybe you've changed since the beginning of the year? Uh, I, I don't know how about others, but I feel 10 years older. And uh, 
the date of February 24th is stuck. Uh, the, I, it was stuck for at least first month and a half. Now I, I understand that it's uh, what's April, uh, May, sure. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. I think last season, uh, I, I could see it uh, for Leila and other coaches as well. We've matured quite a lot. Coaching is as much a rewarding experience as is participating, especially with such students as previous and this year. Uh, but since the war, I don't know. I just uh, a lot of priorities changed. Uh, sure. You enjoy simpler thing and at least to me I, I honestly i feel like 10 years older sure well and i'd be i'd be curious to hear the same from uh from oya from olia sorry and and vlad um how about from your perspective yes i think this experience changed us a lot and for me i had to take responsibility of my family i think for the first time in my life to help me and my family to get out of the Kiev. It was extremely hard because we had no other place to go. Like we don't have any family in like Western Ukraine or some other safe places. So we had to make a very hard decision and to decide uh, how can we get abroad without any support and relatives there. So it was on me and my sister and we had to organize all the way through Ukraine, it took us six days to travel because it was extremely hard to find fuel or to a place to stay at night. And after that, when we finally reached Vienna, it was, as already mentioned, a hard job to find some accommodation and health help for my grandmother. So during these two months, I guess, I grown up a lot. No, I, I'm sure. Um, and each of, each of those experiences that you've described in terms of um, exiting the country and in terms of relocating, um, each of those could be episodes of the podcast in their own rights. And I'm sure that um, that, that, that was quite a bit. Um, Vlad, I'd be curious, same question. Um, I would say that this experience made me a team player because Given the circumstances, uh, the other team members was busy by their other staff, and we always have to help each other to replace each other in different practice sessions. Um, I remember I had to lead three different practice sessions in a row. So, yeah, in terms of team play, I would say that changed me a lot. Sure, that, no, that makes sense. And well, you know, obviously we could talk a lot about. Um, some of the, the impacts of, of the war and what, what's going on there. But what I would be more interested in, or perhaps specifically, and I'll stick with you on this slide, um, and, and Olia as well. One of the key things that's really important about the VIS, and well, that's what is a commonality over the past three years, is that none of us have had a chance to really meet in person um, with this year having a little bit of a chance to, to get back to that. But one of the main things is meeting people from around the world, meeting teams from around the world. I'd be curious, did you get to know any teams or any other participants over, their, over during the season? I think I can thank this question because I actually managed to come to Vienna, unfortunately for Vlad. He didn't have such an opportunity. And I can say that uh, we met so many extraordinary people there and who 
who are really willing to help us. And for example, we have situation when two girls from our team were traveling from Ukraine to Vienna and they got stuck at the Ukrainian-Slovakian border in the middle of the night. And the members of Jagiellonian team from Poland, they came actually on their car and picked them up and helped them to go to first to Poland and then they uh, helped them to get on the train to Vienna and they got there safely. So we're extremely grateful for all these people who took part in this and who really helped and supported us along this way. Well, sure. No, it, and that's huge. And I mean, I think if you're involved with international competitions, not just the VIS, but, you know, when we talk about sport, you know, things like the World Cup or the Olympics, anything like that, that is one of the sort of beautiful things that I've seen, um, having been around those competitions in the past, is that, I don't know, some some level of connection beyond whatever the event is and being able to do that. Um, I wonder if, uh, well, if there were any other uh, communications or did you guys have a chance to to chat with some of the students you were competing with either before the round after the round folks you'll stay in touch with anything like that yeah sure i would say that wismuth has a great network so we had an opportunity to chat with other team members also to connect with them on linkedin and also after this war has started we have heard and was touched by by many many actions and words of support so unfortunately yes i had an opportunity to meet those all great persons uh, all those great people in person but again virtually i felt this cross this main cross of the bismuth sure sure and well look uh in that answer alex this would i would be remiss if i didn't use this as an opportunity to say that i hope that uh Oh yeah, and Vlad, that you'll also join the uh, the Mood Alumni Association. Sherlin would be uh, we'd get very uh, we might get an email or a message if we didn't uh, give a chance to to point that out. But I, I think you're both right. I think um, even if it's not possible to to be in person right now, um, tapping into those resources and the connections and the network is one thing that can be done. And um, just like it sounds like Wilmer Hale and some other organizations have done um, to sort of expand that network. Um, Layla, this question is is for you, um, and and well, perhaps Alex as well. But but one of the things that I would be interested in um, going from there, and as we've kind of referenced and talked about a little bit already, it sounds like there has been a pretty large amount of support um, for students that are in Ukraine or competing, uh, or, you know, with Ukrainian universities or anything like that. Um, what are some of the initiatives or some of the efforts you've heard about? And, um, you know, we'll start with you, Layla, and then we'll maybe throw it over to Alex, maybe hear from the whole group. Yes, definitely. Um, first of all, there were many, many initiatives. The ones that really uh, touched us, I think Alex will elaborate on this more, is the Safe Harbor Initiative, Safe Harbor for Ukrainian uh, students. Which was, uh, which is basically an initiative created by Professor Patricia Shaughnessy of Stockholm University, uh, Alicia Zilinska, and uh, Alexander Zablotsky. Uh, so I, I give the floor to him to to tell the details a little bit more. But I will, on the other hand, um, focus on some other things. Um, again, uh, he has been already mentioned. Pavel Lebedev. He is one of our co-coaches and uh, 
he has created an initiative with one of our other coaches, Vladislav Bandrovsky, which is called United We Rise. And this is an initiative um, tasked to uh, address the very timely needs of um, Ukrainians, both the military and civilians. So this initiative um, engages and collects as much goods, um, you know, food, uh, whatever products that are needed now. And Pavel and Vladislav, they personally collect and purchase all of these items. They personally take them to the person who are in need. They even have their own like storage office where they have a lot of goods already connect, uh, collected and which is ready to be distributed. So it is a very important initiative that uh, Pavel and Vladislav are devoting their day to day to just to, to make a change. And they are definitely making a change, which we can say for sure. And if we could just share a website somewhere, a link uh, to, to the initiative afterwards, Chris, that would be wonderful so that people if will If you know the website, going. why don't you tell us the website now, and then we'll also put a link in the show notes. I don't remember it by heart. Um, Alex, do you do you know the, the website? No, I think you can just Google United We Rise Let Ukraine, and you'll, and you'll see their website. I'm pretty sure about that. Okay, and we'll make sure to put a, a, a link in the show notes to it. And, um, and well, that's a good segue to you, Alex. Tell us about Safe Harbor and, uh, and, other, and the other things that you um, know about that's going on. Uh, yeah, in terms of Safe Harbor, as Leila mentioned, it was, I think it was at first an idea from Patricia uh, and Alicia to, and the idea is pretty simple. They want to give law students with at least some knowledge of English, which Mood clearly shows, uh, participation in a Mood court clearly shows, a possibility to still learn, grow, and be and be in safety, hence safe harbor uh, during the war. So they, they, the main idea is that we connect law firms around Europe with students in Ukraine. Uh, and, and they intern around, mostly it's for now, it's Germany, uh, Vienna, Stockholm, and Poland. We have some sort of even hubs there now. For instance, I think there's more than 20, 12 people in Stockholm right now. And they, wow. yeah, 12 interns. Um, and they and it's actually much easier for the students as well they have the small community for instance during easter they could go together to an orthodox church and celebrate almost not even almost like in ukraine but at least with the feeling like in ukraine get some and, of that easter and, cake that layla was talking about <laughs> yeah yeah so and i think the idea was is beautiful i was mostly responsible for uh, coordination and finding people in Ukraine. And I've actually, uh, I've followed the journeys of Olya uh, and two other team members from Arvis team as well, which were crazy. And as you've noted, would, uh, would merit another episode. Olya herself had to drive a car with four people and a dog and uh, with 
it's just like really which which could have broken during the road because as far as i understand it was not tested for such a long distance and the team members uh that ola mentioned they were to put it in a context the Agilonian team drove four hours one way got them and four hours another way during the night to to get them to safety and and from what i see the, the initiative is really working beautifully that it there there's studying working having new friends they are in safety uh, i think it's 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 great another initiative i've heard about is united for ukraine uh, i think it's dealing more with the um, migration legal advice and among other things i've heard is uh, there's a, another alumni we me and leila we both studied in stockholm and there is another alumni christina hripkova whose law firm is organizing a special account and also trying to help people in need in Ukraine. Chris, sorry, just... if I may... Oh, yeah, sorry, sure. Alex, please finish your thought. I just wanted to compliment Sasha. He's being too shy, Chris. Um, I've seen Alex day-to-day uh, -day because we worked in the same office. Um, he put and he continues to put his whole heart mornings, afternoons, and nights into making sure that the logistics of those students of getting to safety is working, that they have where to go, that they have a place to stay at. Um, just as Alex, of course, everyone else who stands behind this initiative are doing an enormous amount of work. And it's truly an unbelievable project that thankfully is working because we see our students now abroad, now safe and hopefully when the war is over they can safely go back home um, those which travel with their families they will travel back with or to their families so for alex not to be too shy uh, <laughs> he he made really good friends with each and every of those 50 plus students that he was engaged in helping alongside of course patricia and alicia but last but not the least i wanted to also personally um mentioned Dr. Krina Baltak, who had helped to take my family out of Ukraine, who personally uh, organized a safe uh, welcome of them in Romania. And there are not enough words that I can use to, to really express my gratitude uh, to Krina. She really saved my family. And just as she impacted my life, all of these uh, you know, students we hear, uh, we have an impact on their life, which is a huge responsibility, but we're happy that they trust us, uh, that they trust these initiatives, and that the initiatives are actually working for, for their benefit. And actually, Krina helped transfer quite a few students through Romania as well. Uh, and I'm pretty sure some other people that we don't know of she was always available. She has. I, I'm from Romania. I have connections. I will help. And it's just wonderful how she delivers and saves lives. Absolutely. Um, and I guess. Okay. Well, first of all, yes. Shout out to Krina, uh, friend of the show. She's been on the podcast before. Uh, love Krina. Uh, so, so starting there. Um, you know, the things that you're talking about, um, all of you that you've shared today, and, and I guess that's what, what is striking for me, you know, facilitating this conversation 
it's just that you know i think i'm only a few years older than uh, than all of you okay a little bit more than olia and vlad okay it's bald all right fine um but you know the the poise and the fortitude that i hear in your voices and your answers um it, it's just striking and um perhaps that's a really sort of obvious thing to, to say but the ability to to come up with a plan to react in the middle to deal with something as complex as the this while doing these very real tangible real life things is 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 remarkable and um you know as i said at the outset while we're not going to talk about the particulars of the war it's inescapable it's unavoidable to sort of talk about how it's been linked with how what your life has been for these past um several months and in fact as you describe these things that the folks like Krina and Tricia and um and Pablo and others have done I mean for me again drawing on my own cultural heritage it, it sounds like a modern version or perhaps a Ukrainian version of what was done on the Underground Railroad in the American South during uh, slavery it sounds like what was done during Jim Crow in the civil rights era so having parents and grandparents that lived through that myself and hearing some of those accounts firsthand okay not the underground railroad part but certainly the um the jim crow era it's it, it's just it's um it resonates and it's it's just very humbling to hear and uh and, and i appreciate each of you telling your your time taking your time to tell your stories of, of the past several months now the way I've just said that would imply that our time together is over. It's not actually done yet. Um, and I do have a couple more questions that I would like to, 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 to get through. And in fact, hopefully um, what, what may draw upon some 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 positive memories here. Now, um, Olia, this question is for you. Um, can you share with us, uh, you've shared one memory already, but perhaps just another memorable moment from this season, something that you think fondly of from this season. Yeah, sure. I guess when me and Vlad, we finished our four general rounds, our dear coaches phoned us and said that they have a surprise for us. Like, we were really intrigued about this. And when we joined uh, the Zoom meeting, uh, we found out that um, the guest, one of the guests, was an arbitrator from our general rounds. And he appeared to be uh, the dean of Georgia University law school and he said that he was so much impressed by our performance that he decided to offer us an LLM in the USA at his university and at that moment I guess me and Vlad we realized that we actually did a good job like despite all the factors we did our best and it was all not in vain and I think this is my most memorable moment on this journey okay Chris, now you should have seen their faces Vlad's jaw just dropped <laughs> <laughs> understandably so now look no reason why y'all would know about the the background politics here being a south carolinian usually we don't have any kind of love for the university of georgia okay but i will say we can give a, a i think a round of applause or take our hats off to georgia stepping up in that way that's huge and what a cool story um and uh, and I guess I would just take that same question off to you, Vlad. Uh, what, what, what's a really positive or what, what's a, a good memory from this past year? Yeah, speaking of the memorable moment described by Ola, I, I remember I was 
uh, being silent for a minute and then <laughs> I just said I don't know what to say <laughs> so that was really a memorable moment but speaking of another moment I'm proud of during this Christmas season is that was the moment when we decided to participate in the WIS notwithstanding the war. We, we haven't seen each other for approximately two weeks and we had this discussion in our chat with another team members and we decided to regardless of what we're gonna fight we're gonna we're gonna show our spirit and then we notified this notified this idea to our coaches and we have a general call and i will never forget that tons of inspiring words from our coaches which charged us to to do our job and to participate in the WIS despite all these difficult circumstances. No, I, I think that that is crucially important, Vlad. Um, talking with many students, not just my own, um, you know, helping sitting in practice rounds, some students reaching out and asking me my thoughts about it. I know that there was certainly a feeling right after the war broke out um, of some teams wanting to withdraw and pull out some teams wanting to refuse to compete against Russian teams. We even had a Russian team that was on our slate um, to participate against. And being thoughtful about the fact of why we're doing this in the first place, of why an international legal community and having this sort of opportunity to have these conversations and to, and to meet in this way is important. And that I think, I'll speak for my, at least myself personally, um, I think withdrawing on a very broad basis would not have been a good thing for the Ukrainian students. I don't think it would have been a good thing for other teams um, that are not related to the conflict. I think that the best outcome, given a terrible circumstance, would have been for the teams that wanted to be able to and had the ability to to continue to engage. So I'm glad that um, that the competition was able to still go forward in that way. You know, I think um, one of the things that I would really be curious to hear about as we we sort of do start to trend towards the end of uh, at least the, the the main portion of our time together would be I'd want to know and this is a, truly a question for anyone so whoever wants to take it can can um, especially given the last the, the events of the war and everything that has happened there are a lot of thoughts and there are a lot of opinions even on just what I was talking about on who should have stayed who should have gone and I guess it sort of all sort of culminates in one question or a line of questioning and that question I would have is, what do you think is a misconception that someone might have about the Ukrainian BIS students or teams? Something that you think that you might hear people say and you kind of think that, that that's a wild opinion or that's not really quite on the mark. Is there anything that comes to mind? Yes, I'm, I'm happy to take this one. Um, I would say that people, for some reason, they tend to think in a certain way without actually knowing what Ukrainians are all about. Um, our students are young practitioners. They are very hardworking. They're very dedicated. And this actually helps us to pleasantly surprise every time we had our uh, practice sessions with other teams before the, uh, the official rounds or during the general rounds. Everyone was pleasantly surprised because they underestimated us. But uh, so, on the one hand, it was working to our benefit. On the other hand, it was working um, quite to the contrary. So 
I would say uh, because of the fact that people have this, I don't really want to call it a stereotype, but they, they have a certain way of thinking about the Ukrainians. They have this picture of us. Um, and because of this picture, they um, there is no a stable opinion about what Ukrainians are all about in the competition. So for these two years, myself personally, alongside with our coaches, we have been working hard to create the stable picture that Ukrainians are worthy of participating, that Ukrainians are worthy of getting very far in the competition. And in general, Ukrainians are very talented and uh, deserving to be seen and heard people. So on our end, as uh, for coaches, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I'm very proud of us, of um, uh, you know what, what we've um, achieved so far. And I'm really looking forward to what we will achieve in the future and hopefully create a stable opinion, just as people think, you know, um, German teams. German teams, once you mention them, oh, wow, strong teams, very competitive, very well trained, and they usually get very far in the competition. You know, Indian teams, oh, super competitive, very well prepared, very nice, you know, way of argumentating. So when you think of certain teams or of a certain nation, certain university, uh, for the very vast majority, you already have, you know, some characteristics coming up. For Ukrainians, it's pretty mixed at the moment. So now we're trying to collect what actually makes us, um, uh, you know, standing out. Uh, and, and yeah, and hopefully this misconception of not knowing how to think about Ukrainians will disappear. We will have very strong adjectives, you know, talented, brave, strong, and very, um, you know, hardworking uh, people. Wonderfully said, Leila. Um, I think that that's a, a great ab ambition. And I think that that is certainly something after uh, this past season is is an idea forming in the international community's mind. Um, Vlad or Ola, Ola, anything from your perspective? Yes, and Matt, um, add that in the present circumstances, I think that some people can consider us victims, but I think me and Vlad and our team members show that we're not victims, we are fighters, and I think we did a pretty good job showing that, and we had a pretty good result in the this, this year, despite all circumstances. You did an amazing job, not just a good job. Honestly, we're very proud of our team this year, previous year. Uh, and probably the only way we could achieve what Leila talked about is if we continue having such excellent team members as we had this year. Yeah, I was going to say to to echo that point, Alex, um, there's a couple hundred other teams that would love to have finished <laughs> as well as y'all did. So, I mean, absolutely, y'all did fantastic. You did a very good job. Vlad, you're going to say something. Um, I can only agree with everything that was said. So. That's my opinion also. Okay. And we're going to talk about the this season only for one more question. And um, and maybe this could be a, a shorter question. It doesn't have to be particularly long a answer. Um, maybe just for, for all of you, what is one takeaway that you have um, from this season? 
I think my biggest takeaway from this season was that education is a really powerful thing. And even in such dark uh, times, it can help you to find some meaning in your life and to keep you going. And I think this is true in all circumstances of your life. If you have some purpose in life and you go to this purpose, you can always survive and see the light in the end. Well said. Um, if I may, thinking of that, I think that my biggest takeaway is that hard work always pays off. I'm not talking only about the prizes or some awards. They are, of course, important, but I'm also talking about the opportunities and the progress. I truly believe that the true victory is then you become better than you was previously. And I feel like this would help me to approach this kind of victory. I think that's well said, Vlad. You know, I had, when I, in my athletic days, I had a coach that used to always say, um, was one of our team mottos, hard work beats talent when talent won't work. And uh, that, that used to be one of the rallying cries and we just, you know, get everyone psyched up. And I think that's true, even in the Viz. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. And how about uh, Layla, Alex, anything, your, your final takeaways from the, this year's, this, this season? I think for me, it would be if there's a will, there's a way. And this year, when the war started, it was unquestionable. We didn't even raise the question that uh, we will not participate. As soon as the war started, our, as Alex previously said, the first priority was to make sure that our team members, their families, everyone associated with them are safe to the extent possible. So for two weeks, uh, we we were just making sure that you know everyone takes time with their families uh, to to you know move out of danger zones and to just be safe. And then when we received the very long, very touching message from our team members, it was very unexpected, but we really saw that they had a will, and we were the ones as coaches to give them the way how to do it. So I believe if there's a will, there's a way, definitely. And and yeah, this year's um, competition is a is a bright example of how it can actually be. I completely echo Layla. Uh, this was my biggest takeaway as well. We had a, an, expire, an inspiring example of our students and the, the, the support just came and it's it, it's not a miracle that it did honestly because you guys are so cool uh, but to see it all happen real time it was uh, it was very educating and humbling really when when the guy said we will participate and we started to talk with the community warsaw Primut organized an only slot online slot for us because it was happening offline Prague Primo did the same. Uh, so many arbitrators wanted to participate in our practice pleadings that they've at some point, and I don't know when, created a fourth column uh, called reserve arbitrators and just started adding themselves to reserve arbitrators. <laughs> really, uh, 
when when there is an example and inspiration such as our students there is always it's it's going to work definitely mm -hmm. no I, I think those are all fantastic takeaways and um thanks for sharing with them it sounds like again what we've already talked about a few times it's been a huge learning experience in more ways than one certainly beyond just the purview of miss bupati and palm oil so all right let's close the book on the vis for now um we have some final questions before we get out of here for today and um and personally they're always some of my favorite questions um this question these next couple of questions are going to be really open-ended so unless i direct one specifically at you whoever wants to answer feel free to speak up first um now again now that the vis is over uh when you have some spare time what are you reading what's on your bookshelf okay i will do it uh, currently, I'm reading the book uh, called uh, The Brain That Changes Itself, written by a uh, psychiatrist, uh, Norman Deutsch. This book is like a gathering of different stories uh, from people who suffered severe brain damage. And only because of their will and perseverance and the power of mind, they could heal themselves. And I think this really inspiring book because it shows that uh, you and your brain can do anything in this world, and there is no limits in it. So I really recommend it to read. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll add that one. We'll add, put a link to it in the show notes. Um, anyone else? Anyone else want to share books that, that are on that they're reading right now? Yeah. To be honest, during this Wismuth season, I I felt in love with arbitration, so I decided that I want to get to know the arbitration more to have some broad overview so currently i'm reading international commercial arbitration of gary Byrne. this is like professional book and speaking of non-professional book i'm reading a book called uh, homo Deus. this is about in this book they also tries to, to predict the future of the humankind what the future human would, would look like what problems the future human will solve and how he or she will solve such problems. So th these are two main books on my shelf. Sure, very well. Um, well, yeah, I think I've heard of that Born fellow. Um, he's, I know he's written some stuff. Um, okay, no, well, that's good. Those are, those are interesting readings. Those are interesting writings. Um, another question along the same lines, uh, and again, this can be for anybody. Uh, what kind of music are you do you like or are you listening to? Who are some of your favorite artists? I can take this one uh, it just just to um, probably showcase something that is happening in common with all of the Ukrainians at the moment. Um, we have this uh, band called Kalush uh, from the same named city from Ukraine. They're participating in the Eurovision this year, uh, representing Ukraine. And they just exploded in a very good sense that um, they were kind of a push in Ukrainian music that actually uh, united us even more. So I would say, um, as of now, me personally, I'm listening uh, a lot of Ukrainian, uh, you know, uh, products, uh, either in Ukrainian or in English. But yeah, I think Ukrainian music is the one that I'm honestly very genuinely enjoying these days. Not that I wasn't listening to it before, but I think I just didn't appreciate it as much as I do now, and I feel that it's pretty common with with um, many Ukrainians at the moment. 
Sure. I'd imagine it's probably one of those situations where it's about the music, but it's about the subtext in the music, too. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And well, look, you know, when we go to the post show, we're absolutely going to, I'm going to need you to send me some links so we can make sure that the listeners can get an idea of what, uh, what Kaush is all about. Any yes. Other musical, yes. <laughs> any other musical suggestions? Let's see. Um, okay. Wrapping up here. We've got just a couple of more questions left. Um, so I think the first one that I would have is, you know, and this one, I guess, is for Ola and Vlad in particular, um, beyond the moot, you know, just kind of thinking about the next steps of life, professionally, personally, any of those types of things. What are your goals for the future? Um, you know, what would you like to do? I think I can start with this. Uh, of course, my main priority now is to finish my bachelor degree in Ukrainian University. And after that, of course, I will accept the offer of the Dean of Georgia University and I will get an LM in USA. And after that, maybe I'll be able to pass a bar exam, maybe in New York. And of course, to pursue my career in law. This is my way, I think. I mean, Georgia's pretty great, but I mean, look, South Carolina's right next door is all I'm saying. <laughs> How about you, Vlad? Um, I have to say that I have already accepted the offer and in the middle of my preparation to an LLM, so <laughs> I'm going to finish it. And as Ola, I want to get the New York bar license. Then I would like to return to Ukraine and like bring those best international practices into Ukrainian legal practice, to get Ukrainian bar license and practice there. That's my professional goals. Okay, it's very well, very well. Um, this next question is probably a, a broader one. And then we've got one final question after that. Um, let's say it's 5 p.m. on a Friday. Um, you can wave a magic wand, do whatever you'd like to do for the weekend. Um, you don't have any work, nothing else is impeding you. How would you spend, uh, how would you spend that weekend? Okay, I can answer this one. I think I would go hiking with my sister in the Viennese mountains. We were planning this for quite a long time, but unfortunately we are never free at 5 p.m. on Friday, so <laughs> we never managed to achieve this, but we will definitely do it very soon, I hope. Nice. Yeah, my plans would be so trivial, you know, the circumstances made me to reconsider the priorities. So I would spend uh, that time with my family, try to visit my relatives as much as I can, and also spend this weekend with my friends. So that's so trivial, but important for me. No, I, I get it. Priorities um, and, and putting things in their proper place. Well said. Well said. Um, okay, we know Layla would probably spend it baking. We got that. Um, <laughs> no, but but Layla, Alex, I'd be curious to hear from you too. Well, of course, other than baking, <laughs> which is a must for my 5 p.m. Friday uh, free afternoon. Mm. Nothing in particular comes to my mind is probably because I'm usually occupied with with the many things that I'm engaged in. You know, I've 
uh, soon to join Lalif, which will be my most, you know, uh, occupation. At the same time, I work as an assistant editor for Kluver Arbitration Blog. I'm research assistant to Catherine Rogers at Arbitrator Intelligence. And then now that coaching also is like going away for the summer. So I wear many hats and I'm pretty busy all of the time. But whenever I have a moment, I just FaceTime long, you know, hours with my parents, with my uh, sister, with my little brother. Uh, I catch up with uh, my older brother who is now still in Kiev. Um, I talk to my uncle. So I would basically just, uh, yeah, do spend as much time as I can with, with my family because I miss them a lot. And th that really brings me joy in those free moments. But of course, baking uh, <laughs> uh, for for whomever who would like to do that. The, the latest was, of course, the, the Easter bread. But I'm very happy to bake uh, whatever you guys would like me to bake. I can post it to, <laughs> to whatever you're located now, uh, Chris. Uh, and to to Vienna and to Ukraine. So send me your orders. <laughs> I'm happy to make all free of charge, free of charge to to everyone. <laughs> be careful that that's a, that's a proper offer now. Um, and and in fact, I'll be in London a couple of times. So you know we'll have to you know we might have to talk about that one. Okay. <laughs> challenge challenge accepted, Chris. Challenge accepted. Okay. And how about you, Alex? Um, Depending how magic the wand is, if it's like super super magic, I'll definitely want to visit my 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 family in Ukraine. Uh, but yeah, if it's not that magic, uh, we we wanted to go to Scotland with my wife for a while, and I would definitely go for it. Also, since we're traveling on on a train, I can finally catch up on comics a bit, uh, and yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Well, so, on that note, what comics are you into? Is are you more of a, a manga guy, DC, Marvel, or what, what kind of comics? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm, I enjoy most the Image comics. You know, the the, the title that's creator owned. It's awesome because they they have so much creative freedom. And like the Saga and the Monstrous comics are just awesome. And also uh, the one I think the March. Uh, I'm not sure if it's from Image, but it's just, uh, it, it's actually about John Lewis, who I'm pretty sure you know very well. And it's sure. also, it's majestic, yeah. Very well, no, that, that's a great reference. Um, so I've got one more substantive question, and again, it's for all of you, and then we'll uh, wrap up our show for today. Um, we've hinted at this a little bit, but you know, it is kind of the, the final question of the day, so to speak. Um, for the folks listening at home, um, you know, I, we're not the Joe Rogan podcast or any massive show, but we do have some level of a fan base and folks that follow us um, across the globe. The folks that are listening at home, um, any final thoughts, anything that you want them to know about you, about the things that are going on in your future, anything like that? Um, what final comments or words would you want them to walk away from this conversation with? I can start on this, and I'd like to say that uh, this Wismu journey uh, definitely changed my life like in all aspects, and it provided me with such opportunities of which I couldn't even imagine. So if you have such an opportunity, I definitely recommend you to join Wismu community 
as participants or as an arbitrator and it's full of great people and I think that would be really great to become part of it. Great. I would say that we are not saying goodbye, we are saying see you soon. Wonderful, well said and succinct. I would just pick up on that and say, although this year the Ukrainian teams uh, received the spirit of the mood, I believe that the true spirit of the mood and beyond goes to all of the people that supported each and every Ukrainian. It's not just about our students uh, that participate in Vismut, it's about each and every Ukrainian and everyone who has received um, you know, unconditional, unquestionable support. So thank you for the great spirit and it's it's good to be good and to uh, support those in need. So thank you to everyone who who chipped in with a little help. Yeah, and if you don't mind, Chris, I would like to just slightly build up on, on this, based partly on what we've talked before. I think the example of Vlad, Olya, and uh, Natalia, <clears throat> Marta and Vlada, all our students, is uh, very inspirational, but it, it it can also be applied not only to Ukraine. I know that there are, uh, I, I bear in mind the students in Africa and the MOOCs who have just started seriously to do it. I know that there are many teams, not only in this, but let's just focus on MOOCs struggling around the world. But whenever they they are whenever it's possible for them to have a coherent message to have an inspirational stories the help will come in and uh, vlada vlad and Ola and our other team members is just one such example and they're a very very good example by the way not sorry not just one example but a very good and inspirational one but it, it, if they could despite all the circumstances despite their hard story and everything, everyone can. And support will come, definitely. Mm. No, that, that's well said. And, um, I, it's a great place to, 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 to wrap this up. Um, so I guess I don't consider this a real question, but it's, uh, it's sort of a, 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 an exclamation point to put at the end. And we've mentioned a bunch of people uh, throughout, uh, throughout the time today. So I'll consider those as answers too. But any shout outs, any people you want to give a tip of the cap to before we wrap it up, uh, before we close out today? If, yeah, I would like to give a shout out to our head coach, Alexander Druh. I know he was super uh, busy. He's a partner of the law firm, so uh, as you can imagine, but he always devoted as much time as he could. And it, this wouldn't be possible without him. Also to this directors who approached the whole issue and problem with lots of humanity and understanding. Uh, it, it certainly helped definitely. Uh, <clears throat> On, on many levels, at least I felt it as a coach. I don't know, maybe Orlan Vlad will, will tell us more about it. And of course, Patricia, Krina, and Alicia, with whom I've had so many interactions lately in, in relation to Safe Harbor Initiative. Sure, no, well said. Any other shout outs before we wrap? I'd like to give a shout out to our fellow team members who are not with us. 
currently, but Vlada, Marta, and Natasha, they helped and supported us in all possible ways. And we did it as a team. And it was a success because we're all together helping each other. No, well said. We'll tag them in the, we'll tag all the shout outs in the, in the show notes. Um, yeah, we'll make sure to do that. Okay. Well, look, um, really appreciate all of you stopping by the digital studio. It's been such a pleasure having you here. Um, you know, what a, a dynamic way to start off season four and um, appreciate you coming by the studio. Thanks. Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, we will be looking forward not only to this episode, but also to the whole new season, which we have no doubt will be absolutely breathtaking and amazing. So again, thank you for the opportunity and, and see you soon. Thanks, Layla, uh, so much. You want to sign us off? Yes, definitely. I am Layla, and there is no disputing it. You are listening to the Tales of the Tribunal. I'm Ola, and there is no disputing it. You are listening to Tales of the Tribunal. I'm Vlad, and there is no disputing it. You are listening to the Tales of the Tribunal. I'm Alex, and there is no disputing it. You are listening to the Tales of the Tribunal. Thank you, and we will see y'all next time. I must say, after nearly 50 interviews and 50 episodes that I've conducted over the past four seasons, this was one of the most impactful and powerful ones that I've done. I said it during the interview, and maybe you could pick this up. Oya and Vlad are in their early 20s and are dealing with such serious matters in a mature fashion that is demanded of them by the circumstances. It's really impressive. My humble respect and love goes out to them, Layla and Alexander, as well as with all the Ukrainian people. It is my deepest and sincerest wish that this war comes to an end as soon as possible and is a resounding victory for the people of Ukraine. So there you have it. That's Tales of the Tribunal for this week. We'll be toying around with some format things and new features of the show and we're trying to find new ways to engage with you the listeners even more so if you have suggestions let us know that said and as usual we love reading your comments on linkedin instagram any of those types of places via email or anywhere else and as always if you have feedback for the show do not hesitate to drop us a line and please 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 Leave us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to podcasts, whichever ones that you enjoy. It helps people find the show. It helps us out a lot, too. In any case, that's it for us. I'm Chris Campbell, and you've been listening to Tales of the Tribunal. We'll see you next week. None of the views shared on today or any episode of Tales of the Tribunal is presented as a legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any person or party for their appearance on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees appear on an arm's length basis, and their appearances should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.